You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> what is going on, you guys? What's up? Here we are, Candace and I, together <laughs> once again. One more game. Well, off mic, we were yelling about Kirkland. I don't, I don't know. If, it, it's probably not important, but people are doing things involving unimportant things. What is this? What is this? What, what am I doing? What is this thing that I'm Nobody doing? Nobody knows. Okay. Yeah, guys. So we back in this bitch uh, for mostly a mailbag episode because as we said last time we dropped, uh, there was quite a few. There were quite a few messages in the inboxes and the various DMs that we were not able to get to during the panini that we was going to catch up and address all of them. And that day is today. Spring cleaning for the inbox, you guys. Yeah, so it's going to require some time traveling because some of these messages are from 2020. Spring 2024, like two or three of them, but it's fucking fine. We're going to answer each and every one as thoughtfully as we possibly can. So hopefully everyone has been doing well and they are taking measures to getting themselves either Pfizer'd up or Moderna'd out or... Maybe just Johnson and Johnson squared away with the one and done. Uh, in my head, I was like, and not everybody's in America. So, are there options outside of America? Like, what? Yeah, there's the AstraZeneca and the. That's it. I, don't, I can't no, remember. No, it's okay. I can't remember what uh, else. If is you in want here. to write in and let us know um, what approved vaccines they are offering in your region, be sure to let us know and let us know if you've personally taken it and if you've been experiencing any side effects. We want to make sure that everybody's um, got their very best chance of beating uh, COVID-19. Yeah, so whether or not you are, what are they saying? They're saying, um, wait, someone told me this. Oh, either you're a Moderna mommy, a J&J John. I don't know what they were saying, a Pfizer flu-flu. I just made that up. I don't know what it is because I was like, Pfizer what? But someone told me that. They were like, oh, you're either a Moderna mommy or Johnson & Johnson John or Pfizer whatever the fuck. I don't know what they're saying for AstraZeneca. I don't even know if they have cool names in Europe. You guys will have to let us know if you're out there getting vaccinated, if you're already fully vaccinated with the one and done or if you're partially vaccinated with the part ones and twos until TBD because they might, some people are saying we're going to need boosters potentially for the rest of our lives. I guess we don't know what this Rona is going to be doing in the future, but hopefully you guys are prioritizing your health and getting one of the many vaccines inside of your body so we can hope to resume life sometime in 2025. And this is, yeah, I'm definitely not any version of a medical expert, but I guess this was why they wanted us all to get like chicken pox versus like small pox, which was a, I guess, a higher debilitating. Uh... I think there's also a bigger R not in terms of like how many people you infect if you have it which is kind of the decent thing about rona is that the r naught is not like a measles or something like that but even still at least we're not living in contagion because we would already be in the apocalypse like with how people be acting and not making sense and doing the wrong thing we would be in the armageddon the end yeah, times this is yeah we're we're not in the same we're not there of, yet you know i mean not too long ago they were trying to bring the measles back in williamsburg and i i i remember the press conference anti-vaxxers were like you know what we're we're cultivating culture i remember yeah so hopefully your country is rolling out the motherfucking vaccine problem free hopefully the majority of your population is into it and not coming up with new conspiracy theories every day for why they shouldn't take the vaccine hopefully that's just an american problem but i don't really know what's going on across the world i don't know <sighs> and we need to get uh at least eight million of our humans back because they've missed their appointments for their second dosages for those who oh, were supposed right. to get I've part been, twos. I've been reading that's a thing. So I was like, let me just try to get the one and done. I'm not trying to miss, make, reschedule appointments. That sounds annoying. Well, here's hoping everyone does what they're supposed to. Cons are being rescheduled. Parties are being had. Venues are being booked. And I have concerns. But at least I have the vaccination fluids and science running through my body and that makes me feel a little bit better to continue on the road of things that are feeling good let's get into some revelations about our favorite thespians that's right we got nothing absolutely nothing for killing eve but we do have a little bit of news about people involved with killing eve all right so let's go to revelations killing eve revelations 
<laughs> Yo, did that really just fucking happen? I'm dead. All right, so <laughs> this first revelation, you guys have probably already seen something of it. If not, let me be the one to bless you with this information. Sandra Oh was recently in the news, and not for protesting, which is something she often does. Not for her activist work or saying something super clever, but because she did a very Eve Palastri thing. And evidently, she called the police <laughs> because she thought 150K, and I'm like, damn, Sandra L flex on him with the ice of her jewelry was missing from her home. And so she called the coppers only to find out that the stuff wasn't gone. And so I'm going to quote really quick from the dailymail.co.uk. I covered this and the title's like, Sandra O oh calls police after 150,000 worth of jewelry goes missing from her LA home, dot, 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 before finding the valuables at the property the next day. <laughs> and when I first read this, I was like, not the next day. Not the next day. Oh, no, I was going to say, this is very, uh, this is very Eve Palastri. <laughs> it's extremely Eve Palastri. And so the article reads, Sandra O oh reportedly called police after 150 grand worth of jewelry went missing from her L.A. home, only to find the valuables at the property the next day. The Killing Eve actress, 49, recently returned to the property after a few months living elsewhere to find that the items were no longer there. She then called the LAPD to report it, who then reportedly began investigations into what happened. The publication claims the police did not find any signs of forced entry at the property, but were told some people had been let in and out of the home while she was away, presumably while she was shooting the chair. The source told TMZ that the jewelry that reportedly went missing came to a total of 150K. However, the next day, Sandra reportedly called the police back and told them the missing jewelry had shown up in her house. And I'm like, did it show up or did you just find where you left it, Sandra? It's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is in the jewelry box now. The article continues, according to reports, it's unclear if it was somehow returned or if it never left the house in the first place. <laughs> it never left. I'm just going just gonna go out on a limb and say it never left. We still love you, Sandra oh. we, Of course we still love you, Sandra O. Oh. And the article concludes, it comes after the news that the show she stars in, Killing Eve, will air its fourth and final season on television next year. It was confirmed by the show on Twitter last month that the much-loved spy thriller will draw to a conclusion with its fourth installment in 2022. A promotional video shared on the program's social media account also revealed that filming will begin again this summer. Then they just go on to add that the series was halted due to the Rome Panini and restricted filming all over the various European locations and they are going to be getting back to the sheds this summer which we already fucking know. But the point of this article once again was to point out life imitating art, art imitating life, vice versa, all the things because Sandra O oh pulled the Eve Palastri. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even 24 hours she was like shit. And I just would have loved to see her face when she found that fly bling like whatever the fuck she was talking about. She was like where the fuck are my pearls? Where's my bling at? Where's my emerald? Oh I left it. Um, That's right. I left it over here yeah. <laughs> oh shit hey um police thank you so much for your time and effort turns out the shit's right here and if you could um not tell tmz about this <laughs> but this was referencing tmz so i don't think i don't think that person listened no yeah absolutely no also in revelations according to bonhams.com an original set of pajamas as worn by jody comer series two episode one as she escaped from the hospital <laughs> also that shh that shot was to the child or whomever it was to. I think it was to a child in season two when she was like, don't speak. No, it was definitely to a child. Oh, yeah. Outside, yeah. Iconic outfit for Villanelle, definitely for series two. This set of pajamas actually sold for over 13,000 US dollars. The article goes to shout out Charlotte Mitchell, who of course designed the sketchy. Charlotte, come back. But you of won't. Of course. You're busy. Yeah. Forget it. <laughs> We know you're booked and busy, but I found a dollar on the floor. Do you want it? <laughs> I'm trying to bribe you, Charlotte. I'm trying to bribe you to come back. But yes, that same pajama set Villanelle wore in episode one of series two, Do You Not Dispose of a Dead Body, and episode two, Nice and Neat. The same set of pajamas that we were all clamoring over when there was a giveaway, and we were looking for the ats of people who won, and we couldn't find anyone to fess up. I've that not seen anyone with those damn things. Won. That was major missed opportunity by the BBC. People were like, could we get those pajamas? Could we do it? And then I think people found the pattern, like the original person who made the pattern. <laughs> and did their own shit, myself included. I made socks because it's like, what do we have to do? What do we have to do to get merch, Killing Eve? But whatever. At least this was for a good cause, right? They raised money for the arts? That is correct. Sigil Films donated to BAFTA for the sale, proceeds of which will go towards illuminating BAFTA campaign 
expanding BAFTA's learning and new talent program. Nice. You always want to see people pumping more money into the arts so that more people can learn and grow and express. So that's cool. Way to go, said Gentle Films. Still haven't forgiven you for the lack of merch and simply anything to do with Killing Eve, but this is a cool thing to do. So the pajamas going to good use. I like that. And if someone's making pajamas out of this pattern, whatever, and it's off the Dead record. It. It's over. <laughs> we are even a year removed from season three. Let it go. Let it die. It's, Let it burn because it's over. Just kill it. Dead it. If you're not making it yourself, you're not getting it. I Those know. are the facts. And in other Sandra O oh news, I don't know if you guys are checking out the animated show Invincible on Amazon, but a lot of people are checking it out. A lot of people like it. I don't know that I'm one of those people, but I have watched it for Sandra O. Oh. It's probably because I don't like to see a lot of women getting murdered by men in super violent ways. But, you know, for that demo of people who like those type of cartoons, check it out. Also, Sandra O's voice is always nice to listen to. So there's that. Always. Also on the Revelations, Killing Eve alum Gemma Whelan has found herself another gig. Uh, Looks like she's going to be playing Detective Sergeant Sarah Collins. Um, And it looks like a London, is this a thriller? It's supposed to be a thriller. I believe it's called The Tower. And it's an adapted work from a novel entitled Postmortem. Have I read it? No. But it sounds like it's about the postmortem of a body. So that fits. Crime filler, crime mystery. Very popular genre these days. And I'm happy that um, she's definitely exploring this project. I will be exploring this project once previews come up so that I can kind of give my thoughts. I'll be watching the updates for this project personally closely because I'm a little jazzed and excited for it. And I hope that um, it does catch on like wildfire and that everyone is in love and adores uh, what she'll be doing with this project. Well, she's going to be giving a bit of that misandry energy because she's playing a detective. And I just say misandry comes with lady detectives on TV. And I believe the plot is that she's the detective sergeant, like you mentioned, and she gets pulled into an investigation about the death of a teenage girl and a veteran beat cop, potentially someone she knows. I don't know. After they both fall to their deaths from a Southeast London tower block. So I don't know what that all means, but it sounds sketch and Gemma's on the case. Hopefully we'll all be tuned in and glued and along for the ride. It sounds like one not to miss. Yeah, yeah. And finally, end Killing Eve thespian crew production related news. Emerald Fennell, the oft derided by a lot of you fucking fans after season two, but she has received vindication right. after Suzanne Heathcote's season of series three. And, you know, since then, we know Emerald has gone on to bigger and better things. Part of that being Promising Young Woman, starring Carrie Mulligan, which has been doing doing the fucking tour in the awards circuit and has picked up a lot of things, including one of the biggest statues you can get in these United States. And that is an Oscar for best screenplay, best original screenplay. That is pretty badass for a writer like Emerald, even though she was in the director's seat and doing other stuff. I still think one of the coolest Oscars to get is for your writing. And I would just like to say mm, mm-hmm, to all the people who were talking shit about Emerald season two writing. And I was one of the few that was then saying, I don't I don't think y'all are seeing the full shit. And also still now. I just feel really vindicated in this mm-hmm. um, because as we have seen, the lens of time has shown season two to be, well, in my opinion, superior to season three in terms of like, what were we getting? And it has held up over the test of time. And so I'm happy for me. I'm happy for Emerald. I'm happy for everyone connected to Emerald shit that is partying, hopefully still, of that Oscar win because that's major. And I believe she's the first Brit to do it in that category. So that's fucking cool. That is explosively amazing and yes the release that i can feel now you know i mean it wasn't it wasn't nice dealing with series two and how everyone felt about it in real time because i was getting my life personally for several reasons that we've mentioned throughout reviewing that series we're talking about bug sex we're talking about doros we're talking about gay cannibalism we got so much text it wasn't subtext we got so much text and it was heavy in the exploring of the passions department some people can say a lot of that is in series three i would say that maybe other people don't feel that way sucks to be them i guess but you know sometimes it does feel like we are watching separate shows and i i'm sorry that it's not as awakening and exciting for you as it was for me wide awake that's how i felt watching series two wide awake wish i could say that about series three yeah kudos and congratulations to emerald and her team and she's also working on a stage adaptation for andrew lloyd Webber's cinderella she's doing 
doing some reimagining that's going to be debuting on the West End. Don't think it's done yet. But I said, bitch, go get the monies and the yes. success. Nothing but happiness and well wishes for Miss Fennell. I have to love that, you know, she can put out a film during Rona times and then still get all of the praise and accolades and hardware. It shows I mean, that- technically a lot of people have done that, but I'm just saying she excelled more than the rest. And that's what you have to do because a lot of people have been getting shit during the Rona. The Rona has not stopped a whole section of people who don't actually have to worry about getting sick or like bills or things like that. But in this time where a whole lot of people have been making art because they were bored or trying to do something, I just felt like hers was more relevant to the conversation of life, especially for women. And it was just good. It was entertaining and And it looks like more doors will be opening up for her professionally. And that's the kind of shit I like to see. So, boom. We wish you the best of luck with the Cinderella adaptation. I would not be remiss if you decide to sprinkle in some misandry in there. I mean, it's Cinderella. (laughs) So there's only so much that one can do. But TBD on that. Well, we've gotten the revelations out of the way. It looks like it's time for us to dive into the mailbag. Yes, it's time to time travel back to the beginning of the panini and see what you guys have written us. So on to Geo Korea! All right. The year is 2020. The streets are a rage and Rona's ablaze and cleaning products are hard to find. Do you still have toilet paper? Yeah. <laughs> Gabriella writes to us in June of last year. Hey, you guys. How are you guys feeling? I hope you enjoyed the finale. Nah, scratch that. I hope you loved the motherfucking finale. Me, I still haven't watched it because I too enjoy a little pain with my pain like our dear Eve. Well, we hope that you've <laughs> rectified that by now since... um. She don't got to rectify now. her pain with her pain. No, oh, no, I mean the... It's... Whatever, it's been a year. You know she's seen it. <laughs> Another hour to go to see it and I'm so damn excited. See, gotta there you say, go. Oh, good. Gotta say, as a professional lurker, I never reach out to anyone, but I just had to tell you guys how much I love your podcast. Uh, you've kept me as sane as possible this last month or so with your recaps and snacks, and especially these last two days that I've gone crazy uh, trying to stay away from spoilers. I've listened to one too many of your episodes if that's even possible hint it's not (laughs) Uh, stay safe say awesome and hilarious can't wait to hear your thoughts ponderings feelings wonderings Wonderings. and uh here's hoping you get killed by a woman still looking for my choke out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you so much for writing in and i hope that you were blown away by Thank you so much, Gabby. We love getting letters. We really do. Even though it has taken us a number of months to get to this letter, we so appreciate you for it. All right. So this next one was from Monica, who also became a patron at the end of May, going into June. Thank you so much, Monica. And Monica writes, Hi, Candace and Terrence. Just wanted to send a quick note to say I'm thinking about you guys. It's been an intense week, parentheses, understatement of the year. Tell me about it. And I hope you are both doing okay. I joined the Killing E fandom just this year in January, and aside from the show itself, one of the best things to come from it has been listening to your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Listening to you guys always fills my cup. Not only are you guys so hilarious and literally make me laugh out loud, I also feel giddy and validated hearing you nerd out about every facet of the show. I feel so enlightened when you talk about the deeper issues and broader social themes, and I feel honored and grateful whenever you guys share with us your personal stories, experiences, and perspectives. We've never met, but I guess because I've spent so much time listening to you, I just feel like you're my friends. I I hope I read that right, but it was because there was a question, but also exclamation. Ah ha ha. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, that sounded like a shitty laugh, but that's because I'm reading it, guys. <laughs> that's better. Anyway, I genuinely hope you all are doing okay and wanted to let you know I'm thinking about you and sending love your way. Sorry, this was a little bit long winded. LOL. I just have a lot of thoughts and feelings. You guys are legends. Monica. And we too. We too have a lot of thoughts yes. and feelings. We will never be upset at a rambling letter. Thank you so much for sending it. And thank you so much for inquiring. At this point of you writing last year, we did not have it together. In fact, I'd say we were in the midst of multiple breakdowns, but it's fine. We're doing much better now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're better We're now. doing better now. Like, we have vaccines now, so it's already looking up. But thank you so much for becoming a patron, Monica, and also writing in and sending us your thoughts. Really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it definitely helps because it's us screaming into a void, but on tape that other people can choose to listen to at their leisure when they want. So it's hard to know when and if anyone's 
out there and they're like hearing any of the things that we're saying. So to get these notes back, it's like, you know, it's like they're if we're on a desert island and stranded, like these are the bottle messages washing ashore, letting us know, hey, we know you're there. We can't save you yet, but we know you're there. And and even that, that's that's the world to me. So thank you very much. Okay, let's see. So Sadia reached out to us with a few links, um, which seems to be... A few? I don't know that I would categorize this list as a few links. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. You're right. So Sally reached out to us and uh, she loaded us up with content. It's like several clips of like uh, audiobooks. Um, <laughs> there's some. I don't know. It's the way you just said audiobook. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is for it's for the code name Villanelle series. <laughs> Thank you. I can't keep a straight face. Yeah, Saudia hit us up with a bunch of clips, and they were noted in terms of like what we would hear in those clips about Oksana's past life, current life, her parents, what the books were talking about, Villanelle's fantasies about Eve. And I was like, oh, okay, this link. Also, a reference to them sleeping together in the book, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I wanted to say thank you, Saudia, for all that juicy stuff because I don't know if we would have endeavored by ourselves to all the codename Villanelle stuff. But also, like, I need to know, for those of you who've listened to the audiobook, and this includes you, Saudia, how are y'all doing? How are y'all coping with the voices? Because the voice of Villanelle is wild. The voice of Eve is wild. And then, of course, narration. And I do like all the mention of liking boobs, because that's fun. He's not interested in your face. He says you have nice breasts, though. And I agree. (laughs) And I agree. I'm literally freezing my tits off here. Can I please get dressed? Yeah, we're good. He'll help us. So see, that's supposed to be that's supposed to be Villanelle and Eve, and it's wild. It's like being in an alternate timeline or verse or realm. I, I don't really know what to call it. But thank you, Saudia, for hitting us up with these clips. We're still going through them and laughing. I think half yes. the time we go through it because it's just a lot. But thank you so much for making sure we're completely filled the fuck in on the source material and where the writers have deviated, taken license, or stay the same. Uh, do you think we'll get an explosive dildo in series four? Explosive dildo? <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even sure what to what is that even where did the why did the I t- what I why explode? Why? <laughs> why does it need to explode? Oh my goodness! I just I feel like it's, uh, mm, I don't want to blame the man, but a man wrote it, so like I have to. True, true, true. Well, TBD on that. I do not want an exploding dildo if I can avoid it, especially if it's in use at the time of its explosion. That would be unfortunate, but hopefully no. Matter of fact, let's leave this horrible subject and go on to the next. Let's time travel to the next bit of the mailbag, and this is from Lauda, also sent in June of last year, and she writes about Bear's camera and Kenny's death. And her email says, are we going to talk about the fact that Bitter Pill is supposedly an investigative online publication and that one of their journalists dies a suspicious death and they investigate this with someone from MI6 and Bear, quote, forgot that he had put a camera in the office for a whole fucking season those last three words in caps <laughs> and then it, it ends that is all be safe my dears <laughs> Lauda <laughs> I feel like you yelled about this yes I mean I definitely feel your pain Lauda but you know after they got raided because you know that's what happened at the bitter pill it's like so no one from the raid that confiscated all their quote unquote intel noticed that there was an extra camera that they could have like siphoned footage off of so like it's 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 else for several agencies. Several agencies are at fault here. So it's it's just it's wild. It's wild. We're in wild times. So this next note is actually from us of, in June of last year, and it was uh, <laughs> Jody Comer uh, appearing on the Happy Sad Confused podcast. Yeah, I think she did that in 2019 too. It's been a minute. Oh uh, yeah. So if you haven't heard it yet, you can just do the searches on Spotify if you prefer. In this 42 minute episode, which debuted in April of 2019, Jody mm. Comer is talking about her career making role in Killing Eve, all the ups and downs that led to it, and why she's still living at home. I like the name of the podcast, Happy Sad Confused. Sounds like any given day in this panini for me, so. <laughs> Ooh, you ain't lying. But yeah, y'all, check that out if you give a shit. It is dated information, and it's possible you've already discovered it, but we sent this note to ourselves like we wanted to mention it, so we're doing it fucking now. Okay, on to the next message. Also sent in June from Jamie from 
from Trinidad. And Jamie says, hello and thanks from Trinidad. And they write, just wanted to say, I love your podcast. I found it last season. I was trying to find a good Killing Eve podcast and was listening to one that was glossing over all the gay happenings. Hey, <laughs> that's usually how it goes, Jamie. That's how it goes. Got annoyed and went on a search for a better one and found you all. I was also so, so happy when I found out you were doing Gentleman Jack. Oh, this is a Gentleman Jack crossover. Nice. Fantastic. As the only gay in my immediate family, I made all my siblings watch, but nobody wanted to geek out on it with me to the level you guys do. So thanks. Yay. Hey. Happy to geek out with you from afar. And they continue. Also, Killing Eve and your podcast has been a godsend during these COVID times. As a healthcare worker parentheses pharmacist i got no time off and was on the front lines for 12 to 14 hours every day usually by myself so being able to listen to you guys made my long day shorter and way more tolerable the rona is winding down here and well killing eve is over for now but i'm looking forward to your last episode recap and snack to get me through these last few weeks hope you and your families are staying safe my new york family kept telling me how crazy things were and still are been off twitter for years but rejoined recently to follow y'all <laughs> oh i'm the jamie from trinidad who keeps saying thanks for all the soca well all right well <laughs> Especially love this week's and loved hearing the Caribbean get shouted out when you do your country rundown. Hell yeah. Gotta shout out the peeps. And they close with, love you guys. Keep doing you. I will be catching up with Gentleman Jack Crack when Wobo Villanelle is over. So you might hear from me over there as well. The oh, end. Appreciate it very much. I'm, I'm glad that someone's paying attention to the fact that we, yes, we do have Gentleman our fun Jack. doing rundowns. Oh, my God. We recently found out that the Gentleman Jack feed has been a hot mess again. And I really blame the hours. Allegedly, the host has fixed it because we went off. We cussed, we dragged, and we said, why? We thought we fixed this last year. We re-uploaded new stuff. We fixed all the files. And now y'all fucking them again. This isn't right. People need to listen about the gay vapors. They need to know and spread the propaganda. And how can they do that if they can't access the episodes? So if you're one of those people that was trying to check out an old episode and it was not working we apologize we did not know that was happening for months as our lives were falling apart in various areas during the panini but we have sorted it all out and according to the host it is all fixed and we checked yesterday it appears to be fixed but if anything like that happens again please let us the fuck know i don't know why we keep breaking the podcast shit but we do and i blame us because we talk so damn much yeah we do put in lots of hours maybe it's one of those uh like star trek things where it's like it can't take too much more pressure or whatever you know it might be that thing might be. Might be. But on to the next letter. Okay, this one back in June comes from Anna Marie. And it's titled Killing Eve Musings. First, I want to thank you for making me laugh during the Rona lockdown. I love that you provide so much detail about Killing Eve. Your episodes are long and I like that. Yeah, they're long. What I'm wondering is, how does Carolyn know Helene? Lovers. They were lovers. <laughs> Sorry. Finish the letter. Uh, do you think... Finish the letter. Do you think we're really going to find out who killed Kenny? Or did Carolyn put that to bed when she said she was to blame? Mm. Well, that all depends on Laura now, won't it? In Lauda, we trust. Uh, what was the purpose of Villanelle showing up at Eve's work? <laughs> well, Eve has a job. I mean, news to me. News to me. Because I thought that she just lived there. Um, was it to make us laugh and show us our girl is back? To have Bear fall in love? Um, can we never stop talking about the ballroom? Never, ever. <laughs> never. Never, ever, ever. Did everyone notice how Villanelle touched her stab wound? Yeah. And swayed a little? Yeah, we sure did. She said evil. We sure did. We sure did. And finally, I saw the BAFTA Q&A when Jody talked about the ballroom scene <laughs> and admitted <laughs> that she could never fully answer what drew Villanelle to Eve until then. I was thrown off by that. <sighs> um, just well, keep doing what you do. Oh, yeah. Finish the I love it. I mean, thanks. I mean, here's what I'm going to say. That last part of that about the BAFTA and the ballroom scene that she could never fully understand or answer what drew Villanelle to Eve. I'm like, that's what you call het blinders. And I'm not <laughs> going to say that Jodie Comer is a het because perhaps she is on the queer spectrum. But, you know, TBD on that because we don't know. And so I'm going to say, especially when we look at other thespians talking about stuff, like we've talked about the het perspective here. We've talked about what kind of blinders the hets have. And... <laughs> Like I said, I, I've i been talking about the smash now for several months. We are going oh, yes. on years. And I've said that if you have two bitches attracted to each other, what's left to understand? Like, what's left to understand about the carnal nature of lust? And so I don't I don't know that we had to complicate it. I don't know that Jody had to complicate any of that because I think at the very base level, 
Villanelle wants to fuck Eve. That's obvious. Uh But also, we learned over the course of series one and series two that she also wants to spend time with Eve and potentially chill with Eve for the rest of her life, which is like, whoa. Okay, Villanelle, you trying to be wifey, and we get that. Murder wifey, but wifey indeed. And so, yeah, those are my thoughts. I don't, (laughs) you know, who's to say what kind of insight Jodie Comer had into the character, but that too took us aback, just like the, I think they both walk away from the uh, variety. (laughs) People are like, what? And I just feel like for that, Sandra O's face was like, oh, they do and (laughs) (laughs) fucking producer was like oh they do the interviewer was like oh they do and so yeah I just think who knows what actors and creatives put behind the stuff but we all know what we've seen on screen and what's been expressed by the writers so there's that and then what was it she asked earlier what was the purpose of Villanelle showing up at Eve's work (laughs) right (laughs) I mean to be petty to be Villanelle to scope out her alleged colleagues. But like we said, Eve hasn't gotten a paycheck for like a year. So I don't know why we're trying to pretend like Eve has a job. Eve has no job. (laughs) She had a job at her cousin's at the restaurant. She left that job. Oh, she sure did leave. Carol showed up. She was like, oh no, I'm sick. I'm out. Bye. And then uh, poor bear, poor that couch, poor that shared bathroom. Just poor, poor everyone. Poor Eve. Poor everyone. I do think to a certain extent it was to show that our girl is back, back to shooting a shit, back to not just having a, a cry fest and a breakdown in the middle of the day. Because that's where we were at Villanelle. She was having midday breakdowns, mostly semi halfway inspired by Eve, maybe the other half inspired by her dead mama. But she was definitely not doing well emotionally. And the other question was about, do you really think we're going to find out who killed Kenny? Well, allegedly that is um, Constantine and we've had no justice for Constantine's murder. I'm still holding on hope, I guess, since this is going to be the final season, fourth season, end of the season, end of the series that Constantine has to go. Like, there's no reason to keep Constantine alive. You've kept him alive to series four. Now it's time to kill him. Because how the fuck does Carolyn not get her revenge? Because she fucked a dude? Carolyn's a misandrist. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe any hookups or booty calls would save him from that bullet to the head. That was her son. Like, what? Agreed. So we'll see how it all unravels in series four. Laura, do the damn thing. You got this. All right. So on to a message from Freya, who writes, hi, and thanks again for all this great content. Sorry, this is long. We don't mind long letters. So that is fucking fine. And Freya writes, I was, was, is then again, included in capital letters and parentheses, satisfied, read Villainy's ending at the end, but then I listened to the podcast, and damn it, Candace, now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> what you said about the representation of straight versus queer intimacy rang so true. Season four better open up with Villanelle showing Eve that multiple O's are indeed a possibility and mandatory. Yes, Freya. She continues, I also think they could have replaced the Eve-Jamie scene where they one-up one another on how self-loathing they are with a scene of Eve confessing some dark shit to a random sapphic Yes, exactly. In a bar and have her use the woman for a bit of fantasy like Villanelle did with that American tourist in season one. Same, same, same. Or the sapphic cannibalism that went down in series two when Mm -hmm. Eve had to walk in on those girls leaving the bathroom. Mm -mm -mm. Freya continues. A lot of people have questions about how Eve is sustaining her life without a job (laughs) for money. But when she went to see Nico early on in the season at the mental health facility, didn't she bring him paperwork about their house? Parentheses, I could be wrong. I assume they were probably selling it. And if they owned a house in London, you know, she'd be rolling in cash now. Only corrupt oligarchs can afford real estate there these days. Even if they had to pay off the rest of their mortgage or some of the sale money, they've both had steady middle income jobs for years. So surely they've made some inroads on the loan. So why was she living in a hovel and making dumplings at the start of season three i thought it was part of her hiding away after the trauma of rome saying no to all of it which i think sandra has talked about in interviews anyway if they did sell the house this would explain how she's paying for flights to barcelona and (laughs) poland and her new jacket probably still uniqlo though sorry sandra (laughs) oh oh, we know it's still uniqlo talk about choices go ahead eve yes and she continues i would also love to learn more about eve's backstory villanelle was the mystery but after this season i feel we know much more about her than eve Indeed. Parentheses, I kind of want to keep V a mystery still, to be honest. Obviously, at least one of Eve's parents are Korean and probably a first-generation immigrant to the U.S., given Eve's age. What if one or both of her parents was North Korean and fled to the United States as a refugee from the Korean War? Hmm. Or as a spy for the North Korean regime? What happened to her father? Parentheses, it was her mom who moved to the U.K., right? Is he still in the U.S.? You're right. Did no one visit her in the hospital? Does she have a bad relationship with her parents? I'm thinking yes at this point. If so, why? Do they not approve of Nico? 
parentheses, I mean, same, <laughs> truly same. Or of her job choice, her college degree. Do they see a darkness in her? I see darkness <laughs> in you. <sighs> Were they involved in crime themselves? Imagine how impressed Villanelle would be if Eve's mom was a badass bitch. True that. Eve could be working for the CIA as a double agent for all we know. So much potential for interesting story. So many exclamation marks. <laughs> yes, but I feel your excitement and I agree. And she continues, and given this COVID situation, maybe they could film in South Korea for season four. Parentheses, they've dealt with the virus pretty well, I believe, and expand the works of the show beyond Europe. Finally, rediscussions about who's a top and who's a bottom, dot, dot, dot. What if Villanelle's a top, but Oksana is a bottom? I think Eve is a switch, but she won't know until she tries. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there was there was an actual typed haha, but that cackle was just me being me. And she concludes with, Eve, girl, you're in for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Woo! Freya with the dirty jokes. I love it. And then parentheses, I hope. <laughs> Thanks, both of you, for being wonderful and a welcome distraction from real life. Freya. Well, Freya, thank you for thank all those you. goddamn gay jokes. All right, so there was a lot here that you mentioned. I'm glad to see that I'm recruiting more people to my side of things, which is that we totally could have had a moment of queer intimacy for Eve that did not involve Villanelle to help build the character and tension and all the things that we would love to see about Eve and just learn more shit about her and what happened. What happened in this hiatus in the time stretch break shit that Suzanne decided we needed and we don't have any clues about what Eve did, how she survived, except that it was fucked up and it was hard. That's been implied, but we don't have any of the details. So I'm with you there. I'm also behind this and y'all already know because I've been screaming about it since the finale. I am behind opening up to O's. I don't, uh -huh. I mean, I, I already said the lady in red could interrupt because I really do think the lady in red should have beef. Her protege, her ingenue, her boudoir companion has just been marked. And I feel like she should have feelings about it. And I think that she'd be more like her curiosity would be piqued about these these murderous sapphics. But at the same time, she should have smoke for these sapphics to be like, you know, I'm sick of y'all. And if you don't want me to just murk you all together, if you want to join the sapphic team of assassins, can you do this one thing or else? And so I am there with that about the O's. Because are we telling lies or are we telling truths? Are we telling truths or are we telling <laughs> lies about the queer jaunt? I was just saying to someone the other day that the queer jaunt doesn't last five minutes between two women. It's an ongoing marathon. It's ours. It's losing time and potentially your job if you have one. So they need to they need to pay it forward. And they claim that there's a bunch of queer people on the writing staff. So one of y'all got to tell the truth. One of y'all got to tell the truth. And so I just, I want a little bit of truth added to this fiction that we are getting from the BBC. Yeah, as far as Eve and, you know, her money, I, I still maintain that she's been stealing from the better pills. She took all the petty cash. She took all the petty cash is what she did. And that's why she was able to fly around to Poland and beyond. I'm sure if there was... Petty cash from where? Oh, from where? the better pill. Bitter Pill has pretty cash, you wildin'. Well, they rent desks. They do rent desks. I keep imagining healthcare is as bad as it is here in the Americas when I'm sure when she woke up from the hospital, she was able to swiftly settle all of her medical bills from being flown in from Rome back to London. It just depresses me to think that, you know, I'm afraid to catch a cold here when other people can be airlifted, have uh, pitchforks removed out of their necks, and, you know, still be able to put dinner on the table and keep a roof over their heads in other developed nations. So there's that. I don't know how you got to Poland over this question about does Eve really have a job where she gets paid, but sure. Oh, because... Sure. <laughs> no, I because got my, my issue was thinking that the monies that would have came from the house cell would have been spent on the medical bills. But the issue with that but she line lives in of the thinking, UK. I thought right. they got, yeah, they got it. This is in America. Right. And that that's where that whole train went. Yeah, I, so there are questions to be asked if she sold her house and in this market in London, they, her and Nico should get a pretty penny. But I think that Eve wants to live in a hovel. I think she wants to live in disgrace because this is the same bitch that told Villanelle take her shoes off because she was concerned about dirt on the floor. And we know that that concern has left Eve Palastri. Oh, yeah. It has gone. It is out of here. And so I think she wants to live in degradation. And perhaps we should count ourselves lucky that she didn't hook up with a woman because the kind of woman that goes back to that apartment and stays. Well, I'll just say that Eve is really attractive. So that would be the reason you stay. I feel like there's an episode of Friends like that and Martin where in Friends, I feel like it's Ross and he's at someone's apartment and like stuff on the couch starts moving. And it's because like there's a rat or some oh, shit. No! <laughs> I just feel like. 
in those moments, you then have to decide what is more important, hygiene or the hotness of this individual? <laughs> what is more important, the 93% or me not being grossed out? So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm personally agreeing that she definitely got some money, but she's not interested in spending it on anything. She is interested in just like wallowing. And how she feels. And um, having a job where no one notices her. She wants to disappear. She doesn't want to be seen. And what better place to disappear than in the kitchen making dumplings in Koreantown where you can just blend the fuck in. But that jacket is still definitely unique though. <laughs> you right about that. Uh, and as far as other scenes that could have been inserted in this series in place of the uh, self-loathing off between Jamie and Eve Palastri. Yeah, there are several directions we could have gone into me personally i would have loved another mo jafari scene but that's but that's me <sighs> that's me and i get that i don't get to get the things that i want and that's that's fine that's fine even if it would have just been mo and eve trying to figure things out for mo's sake i mean i hope we learn more about eve's family although since we're in the final season i just i'm not even sure what utility that has to the story, especially with a limited amount of episodes, which actually pisses me off because the time to do it was last season. It was very apropos and they just didn't. They dropped that ball entirely. They just dropped it. They smashed it and they rolled it underneath the giant car so we can never see it again. But I'm with you that the Eve backstory, I feel is important having some sort of grounding in who her parents are since we've not been able to see or hear not a one, despite the fact that she was at death's door. We do not get to see any of that stuff, even though we've had exposure to Villanelle's parents. So we don't know where she comes from, who she comes from, if there's any indication that they are aware of this other side of Eve Palastri, if this side of Eve Palastri has come out, like when she was a teenager and maybe she got caught up and they erased the record like they do for Juvies and no one knows <laughs> but her parents or her mom or her dad. We don't fucking know. And so I would have loved any kind of backstory about Eve, like literally anything at this point. They could have said her parents made burlap sacks and I'd be like, wow, but at least we know what they did. At least we know. So do I think we're going to figure it out? Do I think we're going to learn it? <sighs> Honestly, outside of some pillow talk, which I'm hoping for between Villanelle and Eve. I don't see how we get it. I just feel like final season, there's a lot of things they're going to try to wrap up. And since they've already neglected Eve so intensely in terms Ooh, of her backstory, I just, it. I if there was room for another season, maybe. But since we know this is the final season, I have to say that I feel pessimistic about it right now. Uh, yeah, hopefully the writers do right by their leading ladies because um, it's not an appropriate climate socially to have us all again be subjected to the shrinking of such a, a humongous presence and force that is Sandra O. But again, it's the final season, so one must be realistic. They have to close down stories. And I just, again, I don't. Why open a new door with a parent? if you can't close it. And so that's where I'm looking at the arcs. And so I really wouldn't expect anything beyond a mention, a photo or something else because there should be no time to go into it personally. That's my opinion. I could obviously be proven wrong, but I'm going with no, definitely not. But shooting some of the show in South Korea would be cool. I guess TBD on that. Once they start shooting in general, we'll get some photos and maybe some things and some rumors that we can speculate about what's happening in season four, where they'll be going. But TBD on that as well. And I think you... <laughs> Your final point was about who's a top and who's a bottom. And you suggested here, Freya, what if Villanelle is a top but Oksana is a bottom and that Eve is a switch? Well, I'll let you go first, Terrence. I believe that Eve Halastri is not the type of person to let things happen. <laughs> she makes things happen. She creates her own chaos. So I, I don't know if there's a if the trust would even be there to let her experience being uh, topped yet, especially with the way how she mounted in series two, the, you know, boner by proxy during the bug sex scene where it was like, don't talk. It was like, she was there on her mission to get her conclusion. She wanted her own and she knows how to get it. So I don't know if she can let someone else lead, especially in the boudoir when it's time for her to worry about you're talking about boudoir-related things. Yes. Interesting. So this idea of her being a switch, I can somewhat entertain it, but I kind of just see her being the top. <laughs> I don't remember that top energy in episode five of series one. But sure, give us your take on Villanelle being a top and Oksana being a bottom, since you have decided that you think Eve is a top and not a switch. Okay. Villanelle, I see her as someone who, yes, likes things, wants things. She's, uh, I can start from episode five of series one, but then I'll have to bleed into the discussions that she's not only had with Peel and, of course, Eve, where, yes, she likes collecting things. What does collecting have to do with being a top or bottom? 
I will say that everything is sex and that sex is power and that people who are usually very, very hungry for power and multiple forms are people who can appreciate power in multiple forms. And those types of persons are excited for others to have the opportunity to experience that degree of power for themselves. So those types of personalities, I would say, are more prone to be a switch versus someone who is just commanding everything because it's usually a high-powered personality that does want to be able to let their guard down in the boudoir to get some extra type of joy that they're not getting or seeing in their everyday life. But again, everyone's um, libido and patterns are their own. Well, all right. Does that conclude your opinion of Oksana slash Villanelle <laughs> in the boudoir? Uh, yeah, just more of why, yeah, I, although why not just give Oksana and Villanelle the designation of switch versus one for one and one for the other. But... Well, you didn't give switch to Eve, so I don't know how it suddenly is relevant for Oksana and Villanelle when it wasn't relevant for Eve. And she got two whole sides to herself. She has Eve in the daytime, Eve in the nighttime, so... I'm going to move on since you don't seem to know what you mean in this thing. I'm going to say that I mostly agree with you, Freya. Hmm. When it comes to Villanelle, I think I've also said that Villanelle is absolutely a bottom. But a bottom with Eve in particular and primarily. I see why you're saying the whole Oksana Villanelle situation is Oksana the bottom and Villanelle the top. But we must remember that Villanelle been on her Villanelle bullshit with Eve. But every single time there's been a situation of who is going to, I don't want to say be submissive, but defer. Villanelle has deferred nearly every single time where she's been like, take that off, put that over there, sit down, listen to me. Like Villanelle has listened at every single turn. And I've argued before that I believe it's because she wants to listen. And with a person I like that, it's not often that she's listening to anybody. And so with Eve, the desire to want to be deferential, is a word I'll use, seems to be high on Villanelle's list. Seems to be something she's into. And to Eve's point, I think it's something she's into too. Now, I will say that ultimately everybody's a switch, right? Because it depends on the mood, the vibe, what's happening exactly. But for the case of this conversation, I'm going to say Eve's the top. I'm just going to go. I'm going to stick with what I've been saying that if we're at the very least talking about the first sexual jaunt that plausibly could happen between Eve and Villanelle, I don't see how Villanelle is an entire putty. And that's not to say she's still not going to work it out and put all her skills on display. But putty within the hands of Eve and Eve, who's been been jonesing for some sapphic love for, I mean, I don't even know how much time has passed at this point, but it's definitely been longer than a year. It's definitely been since series one and she's gotten nothing. The show gave us nothing last season. So I'm just trying to feel like, where, where's Eve letting out this pent up sexual aggression? She at least had Hugo and jumped on his knob even though we didn't like it, but it existed. And so I'm just trying to figure out what exactly has Eve done? Is she using accoutrement? <laughs> Does she have technology to help her out? And if she has no technology, then she should be like, I'm just saying, wildcat, tomcat, jaguar, any animal that is to the 10th degree of aggression, that should be Eve Palastri in the boudoir. So that to me would neutralize the bottoming aspects of her and give it like a month or two at the minimum for her to do that. But the initial, the initial jaunt is going to be an aggressive topping jaunt. Of course, us here over at Wawa Villanelle are not here to police what people do in their own boudoirs. We're not here to rob any one of their agencies. If they are a switch unclaimed and they're going to be, we're not saying that you can't be. Be who you are. That's totally fine. True that. Well, I think we've pretty much answered your questions, Freya. If not, please get back into the inbox and let us know what we missed. Otherwise, let us move on to the next letter. Okay. Uh, from June of last year, Celeste writes to us, Hey, you guys, Candace and Terrence. So I've only recently become obsessed with Killing Eve. And now that the third season is over, I'm getting my fixes from Series 1 and Series 2 DVDs and listening to a variety of podcasts. You guys are my favorite. You are so funny, insightful, and have such an eye and heart for details. It's beautiful, and I'm making my way through all of your podcasts now. It's great to listen to someone with the same thoughts, interests, and sensibilities as I have. Welcome aboard. Did I hear you guys say that you were introverts? I can't believe that. We're, we're in a room by ourselves. <laughs> 
we're in the room by ourselves. Uh, let's see. Well, that's not always the case in the studio. Well, but yes, true. we are indeed introverts. I'm a bit slow to the Killing Eve obsession, although I've been well aware of the hype surrounding it. Way back then, I remember taking a taste test of an episode where Villanelle is trying to kill Constantine and he throws his glass at her and hits her with a log. Not I thought, log. gee, this is a bit violent. So I didn't get into <laughs> it. Yeah, just a little bit. However, this last season, I have changed my tune. I'm so in love with Villanelle. And I can Welcome see that- Welcome to the yes, cult of Villanelle. Welcome. And I can see that Eve is discovering her killer side and Villanelle discovering her empathetic side. I think eventually they'll meet in the middle. I think this is what the bridge in the last scene is representing. Anyway, I haven't heard what you said about this yet. I'm up to you discussing series two episode in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. <laughs> Uh, I'm still sore about Amsterdam. And I picked up on something you missed. You may have figured this out already, but the scene where Villanelle is in her lovely pink outfit writing postcards to Eve, mm-hmm. she is watching a couple with their baby over no, the No, not the baby scandal. Yes. Uh, she may have also been dreaming of having a gaby, but this was the man that she later on killed in the red light district and the woman that was hiring her to do it. <sighs> I missed it too. Before I go, I just wanted to recommend a couple of British comedy series that you may be interested in watching. The Thin Blue Line is about the staff at a police station and Bill from Killing Eve is in it. And the other is a more current comedy about the actual BBC in London called W1A. It's a weird humor and Jess from Killing Eve is in it. Jess? Well, all right. Thank you for your podcast. I love them so much. Well, thank, thank you. you, Celeste, for writing the fuck in. Well, glad to hear that you are into Killing Eve now, despite its violence. And to be sure, we haven't gotten enough violence, if I'm being honest, because (laughs) Series 3 left a lot to be desired for me in the violence category. But glad to have you on board. And to your point about the gaby, yes, um, (laughs) I did so much yelling about that gaby. More than one person was like, Candace, let me come into your inbox and set you straight about this gaby. She was actually on the job. I still feel like she could have also been thinking about the gaby. I still feel like there could have been two things happening at the same time but yes thank you so much for your clarification celeste and for all your wonderful words about the podcast and so happy to have you on board enjoying the show and with us on this final ride really as we enter into season four the final season to see what the hell are we going to be left on what is the note that they will leave us on will this be a series that we watch forever that we just rewatch and rewatch like i do xena or will this be game of thrones <laughs> will it be the show that i do not watch over and over again because it ended so horrifically i have bad feels so tbd I'm hoping for the best. Hashtag and louder we trust. And but also, we trust. but also, but also, all right. That was dot, dot, dot. But also, uh, yeah, dot, yeah. Dot, dot. Uh, thank you for hitching your uh, wagon to this train. We love to hear people find out the good word of Killing Eve. During this hiatus, I've been doing a lot of thinking about telling people about the good word because I am, in fact, an introvert. I keep all these thoughts to myself until I get to let them explode. On the podcast. Phone. Yes. 